Hello and welcome to the Care for the Family podcast with me, Mark Chester, Stephen Hayes. All right. And Ollie Proctor. Good afternoon. Ollie is our special guest today, and this is the Dad Cave, where we discuss fatherhood in its varying forms, and we unpack some of the things that just often don't get talked about. So, Ollie, welcome to the Dad Cave. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am Ollie. I live in a city called Chester, up in the northwest of England. I have a fantastic wife called Chantal, to whom I've been married for 20 years this year. Congrats. Thank you very much. Well Thank you. Uh, and we have two stunning children, always stunning, um, James and Amy Lou, who are fabulous. Brilliant. How old are they? Oh. They are seven and two, respectively. Seven and two. Yeah. Okay. Well, James in particular will probably really appreciate this next section because, Ollie, we always start off the dad cave by sharing some dad jokes. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm sure James would find some of these jokes funny. So, Stephen, let's kick it off with you. What's the dad joke you've brought today? I asked my dog how he was feeling. He said, bit rough. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Full disclosure, <laughs> forgot about that. And um, that's the best I could come up with in the moment. I thought it was pretty strong. So, all things uh, considered. Mm. Barking up the wrong tree on this one. Oh, we could go through the whole podcast with uh, some <laughs> dad analogies. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in and I'm going to give you a joke, which is. <laughs> going to be a lot better than that one. So well, we'll see. Uh, why shouldn't you write with a broken pencil? Why shouldn't you write with a broken pencil? Because it's pointless. Very good. Boom, boom. Uh, okay. right. What I've noticed with your jokes, Mark, is that yeah. you've always got the starting line always has to be repeated in a kind of like, I don't know, why do you? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a common occurrence with your jokes. It, it is. It's about ramping up the drama, I think, around it, really. I, 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 like, I like a bit of interaction. I like to build up, you know, you obviously you were on the edge of your seat there, trying to work out what the answer is. So. It's just a short seat. <laughs> <laughs> should, we, should we see what Ollie's got? Uh, yes. Okay, good. Ollie, well, far well, away. I don't know if this counts as a dad joke, because it was actually my boy that taught, taught me this. Ah. So, um, knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Ooh. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting donkey. Interrupting donkey. Oh. <laughs> I, I could go on, if you like. Uh, uh, no. We'd ask that you were... But if James ever listens to this, then I'd like oh, to say to James, be, that was a great joke, he's James. He's well tied himself yeah, with pride. He is, he is. We he's could put our jokes together it. and have the interrupting oh, dog yeah. and then have Ruff. Yeah. And we've come full circle. Yes. Yeah. What do you think, Mark? Uh, yeah, no, I don't think. Anyway, uh, we could talk about dad jokes all day. Let's talk about the topic. So today we are discussing what it's like to be a dad who has adopted children and the particular ups and downs of parenting um, that dads like Ollie face. So uh, Ollie, uh, perhaps we could kick it off by just hearing a bit about your story. What led to you adopting? Well, uh, we had been married uh, a long time um, and we hadn't been able to have um, uh, children uh, up to that point. We'd had tests and all that kind of thing um, and children had never come to us um, in, the, in the standard way. And we began to think about what's next. And for both of us, it had both been a, a kind of like an assumption, if you like, that an assumption, if not a desire, a beating, raging desire to, to have children, mm. to have a family. And so you begin to explore options. 
and and we began to explore adoption and we knew one or two friends who'd who'd adopted and we talked to them about the highs and the lows and the the joys and the sorrows and the struggles um and the more we explored we we never came to that point where we thought oh no we couldn't do this mm. and eventually we got to the point of thinking actually yeah we could do this and um and we'd be amazing at it and um it'd be great fun and it'd be jolly hard work but let's do it mm. <laughs> i'm just i'm just wondering about that you know that day when it first comes up the subject when when one of you says, why don't we think about adopting? Mm. Now, I don't know whether that was you or whether it was Chantal, your wife, but how did that feel when, you know, that first time you discussed mm. it as a possibility? So in our, in our marriage, I, I'm, I was never really the driver behind any of the kind of the family stuff. It, it, for me, it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that broke me, you know, mm. uh, in terms of, it, it, it rarely was I, was I, sorrowful or sad or empty that, that we didn't have children. Um, but for Chantal, it was very much a different kettle of fish. It was very different. She was, she was definitely the driver. Um, I needed a lot of convincing. I did need a lot of convincing. I'd got quite, um, quite comfortable in, the, in, our, in our lifestyle, in the fact that you know, it was just the two and we didn't have responsibility. I shirk responsibility anyway at the best of times. So how many years had you been married at the point where the conversation started? We'd probably been married seven, eight, nine years, maybe something okay. like that. Yeah. So you'd got into a rhythm, I guess, then of... Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'd, you know, we'd, we'd been able to, you know, go on holiday outside of school holidays. Remember those <laughs> yeah. days? Yeah. <laughs> You're back there now, aren't you? <laughs> Happy days. Um, yeah, so it was, it, we'd been married a long time, um, and then there was, there was probably a period, I, th I think probably three or four years before, in between the sort of almost the first conversation and, and James coming home, essentially, or, or us starting the process. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. And, you know, I remember that process a little bit with you, and I remember, mm. it, and I don't think it was that long before James arrived, we went and had breakfast one day, and you wanted to chat about becoming a dad, really, oh, with me. Oh, my goodness, I and remember that. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that, how you were feeling there. So I, I, was, I, was, I was in a pretty dark place, um, because I was, as, as the sort of the inevitability of this came, to, came towards me, I don't think it was necessarily about Adoption per se, I think it was it was it was the the, the normal. If, if normal's the word, it's it's kind of normal from some of the blokes I talked to. But the angst of 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 about to, you know to have this seismic change that's going to happen in your life, mm. um, and you know marry that to to the to the ease and the comfort, if you like, and the familiarity of my life. I've always struggled with change anyway. Mm. You know, changing the wallpaper at home. That's that's. That's tricky. <laughs> it is if you're not very good at decorating. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. And uh, so, you know, to change the number of occupants in my house is a serious, serious deal. So, yeah, I'd, I'd really kind of almost hit the buffers. And, and I came round to, to you, Mark, because, you know, you're the best dad I know. And um, he's just got so much wisdom to, to dispense. You'd always rail against that, I think. You know, what, yep. what kind of a facade have I put on? <laughs> I've, uh, I've fooled him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the video version of this, we might have to cut back to make sure your head stays in shot after that. Um, 
Uh, but he, he was also handy because he lived next door, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. ultimately. No, Mark is very wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, so, so you said how in the journey of, you know, trying to have biological children mm. and you didn't really feel the emotional weight, mm. it's certainly not in the same way as mm. your wife. Mm. So did that anchoring from that into the discussions then, do you think, for what, for what reason do you think she was, she was so much further ahead in that? Um, way of thinking than you were like what, what was her what was her way of bringing it up knowing you quite well as I'm sure she does yeah what did the conversation look like so I mean for for us it was it was the reality of, of Chantal's dream it, it boils down to a dream from when she was a little girl having a dream of of in her case it was a little blonde boy and you remember when James came? He was blonde. He was very blonde. <laughs> very blonde. Very blonde. Yeah. Uh, hair as white as the snow. Yeah. Uh, and a, a little blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy is, is what she'd you know seen in her in her in her mind's eye in her dreams. And at no point in our in our in our marriage in our journey of childlessness or would-be adoption had had that dream ever diminished, faded, gone away, any of that sort of thing. And and she's a persistent and dogged woman, <laughs> and I mean this in love. Oh, she's gonna be watching, isn't she? I'm gonna be in so much trouble. <laughs> you are. I think that's a good thing to say about your wife, isn't it? I, I think it is in the way, yeah. I think in the way you've definitely. said it. In the way you've yeah. said it, I think definitely I think it is you had a, a You had a warmth in your voice. Yeah, it is exactly. a compliment. <laughs> I love you. Um, <laughs> For the people listening on the audio only one, that was down the camera to his wife, <laughs> not to Mark or I. <laughs> yeah. um, Yes, being persistent and dogged, um, she, she went after me. She just went after me and went after my heart. And she, and she saw as well what I couldn't see myself mm -hmm. in terms of my own heart as a potential father years mm -hmm. down the line. Um, and to see the way that my heart was shaped, the way it was capable of expanding. Um, and she said, this is, I, I, can't be, I, I can't be, I can't lie to myself and, and sort of deny my dream, as it were. But I also can't lie to you and, and deny you kind of almost the, the man that you've been designed to be. Mm. And just thank God that she saw it, really, because mm. mm. I, I couldn't. Sometimes you need that bit of encouragement yeah. from somebody else, Absolutely. don't you? And I think yeah. uh, guys listening to this yeah. or watching this will feel similar kind yeah. of things about, yeah. like you said about it, some of it was just about becoming a father yeah. and about have I got the yeah. ability for this? Have I yeah. got the capacity for this? I yeah. don't know. Have you ever sort of had the, any similar kind of feelings, experiences, Stephen? It's an, I don't know. I think as men, we're kind of just wired in a different way. And it's, it's funny actually, because I was, I was thinking as we were speaking then, I remember, so my wife and I went on our honeymoon after our wedding, as you do, and we got back and um, I'd convinced her, I mean, I very early, very early on, I wasn't having conversations with her about, do we want kids? I was checking what her stance was on dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've, I've always said- There's she, a fine line between the two, <laughs> isn't there, really? But I've, I've, always, I've always wanted, I've always had dogs. I, I, was, I was like, are you okay? Like, uh, if we get a dog someday? She's like, yeah, yeah I think so. Um, two days back from my honeymoon, I said, look, I found some dogs, let's just go and look. And I convinced her. And then we went and looked at this dog and bought the animal and, and brought him home. And I remember that night, this is with a dog, he's lying there like, what have we done? Like, we can't go anywhere, just, you know, willy-nilly now. It's like, we've got this dog to worry about. 
So I had that feeling quite acutely when we got our dog. Funnily enough, with Imogen, um, less so, but I guess in a way, and I don't know, don't know if this is relevant, but we had nine months of, of mm. slow growth mm. to kind of get used to the idea. Yeah. Whereas perhaps that overnight, mm. there's now another, you know, in my case, dog, in your mm. case, child, like um, in the house. I don't, I don't know if that's, but I think that acute sense of now things have changed really quickly, mm. even though it's of course not comparable. Um, you do kind of feel it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what those, what are those feelings about perhaps not knowing everything about the, the children's backgrounds, Ollie? You know, how, how do you deal with that? Because as Stephen says, you know, he's had nine months to get used to that right from the start, mm. but you, 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 you're taking on, um, you know, parenting mm. children and you don't know everything. Mm. Yeah. So how does that, how does that feel? We, um, we, we had a, a question as we were being uh, assessed, if you like, trained for adoption. Um, which was along the lines of, we had, to, we had this big sheet to fill in of, of disabilities and additional needs that we thought we mm. could or couldn't manage or cope with. And we were sort of going down this uh, sheet and ticking some boxes and crossing others and whatever. And eventually we thought, well, if, if we were having a biological child of our own, we wouldn't, we wouldn't really know what was growing inside of us. You know, there was, there's, there's uncertainty whichever way you look at it. Yeah. That being said, um, of course there's uncertainty because, you know, you're, you're always unaware to what extent does early childhood trauma and neglect and abuse and that sort of thing, to what extent has that, has that um, it, it adapted their brain and their nervous system for, for, well, not really for better, but generally for worse, um, is a sad reality. Mm. Um, I think in many ways, sometimes we were possibly a bit naive of, 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 of all of that going in. And what we know now is a lot greater than what we knew seven years ago when we started this journey. But we still went ahead and did it again five years later. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, li life is uncertain yes. in some ways. So can I ask a bit about, about the process there? Because people who have children biologically as well as them not having a, a list to tick through, they don't have things that they need to tick off in terms of their suitability as parents. People have children <laughs> and then bring them home. But the adoption process appears to me to be so rigorous. Yeah. So how rigorous was the process? And was there ever a sense of, hang on, like people who are having kids biologically don't have to do any of this? <laughs> uh I'd whimsically and uh, jokingly <laughs> tell some friends of mine who are, you know, having parenting crises, I tongue-in-cheek say to them, take it from Ollie. I've got certificates in there. <laughs> <laughs> and you refer to yourself in the third person. I, I do. I do. I mean, when, when you have wisdom to dispense, it's, you generally do it in the third person, don't you? I find. Don't, don't you find that? Stephen thinks so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful because there was a huge amount of training and prep that was packed into probably I guess about five or six months of, of assessment, of training. There were uh, hour long, two hour long interviews with us as a couple, with us individually, um, with our neighbors. Yes. Wow. Um, slipped them a tenner. They said some <laughs> nice things about us. It's good. 
think you got a Chinese out of that, actually, didn't you? I, uh, yeah. I'm not sure we did, Ollie. I think you really? might still owe us a Chinese, possibly. No, I think we did get a Chinese. <laughs> You're right. We did. We did. Uh, and our, our, both our parents um, were interviewed as well. Um, and and so yeah, there's there's, there's a, a huge amount of rigor and training goes into your suitability, but also training and preparing you for. And it's a, it's a lot more than you know how to prepare a bottle and how to yeah. <laughs> change uh, a nappy. I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I often think you know, blimey, everyone needs a bit of this, really. You know, the, yeah. way, the way that the brain develops um, and you know, therapeutic parenting and all that sort of thing, because. At the end of the day, you know, every every child that comes into the face of the world is going to experience trauma, mm. and as as, as their as their parent, as a shepherd almost, if you like, you're going to have to help them navigate their way through this and give them the tools and the resilience to to yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was, it, I mean, it was an intense process. Um, it was at times invasive, um, but it was it was a means to an end, and we knew that it was it was going to stand us in good stead, really. And in that process, then, were you, were you sold on the idea by the point you were in the midst of all that? Or you Personally, I, I was still having big gra Grappling. Angst. Yeah, I was grappling throughout this. Um, uh, and it was, it was probably only until probably two, week, two months before, uh, six weeks, two months before James moved in, James came home, um, that I kind of, I, I was ready. Ready. <laughs> yeah, ready as you can but, uh, be. Yeah, emotionally ready, as it were. Um, yeah, there's was, there was still, still a lot of processing to be done. Mm. Yeah. One of the things I'm wondering about is about kind of how um, people respond to you and how mm. they support you, other people, yeah. and, and, and what a difference that makes. Mm. I mean, if you're out in the park or something like that with James and Amy, yeah. they're hair and round, and uh, you get talking to somebody, mm. how do mm. people respond to you? Do people put their foot in it in embarrassing moments? Yeah. Do people say the wrong thing? How yeah. can they help and support you yeah. in your parenting of, yeah. of James and Amy? Well, one, one of the realities of, of, of adoptive parenting is that at some point, the issue of additional needs is going to come up because of, because of the early trauma, developmental delay, and all that kind of thing. Your child looks like a seven-year-old, but he doesn't behave like a seven-year-old. He or she might behave like a, a two, three, four, five-year-old. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, people, people see a seven-year-old child and expect a seven-year-old child to behave in a certain way. But because of the journey that your child has been on, the way their brain has developed or not developed, as the case may be, they're, they're, not, they're not capable of making seven-year-olds' choices about their, about their behavior a lot of the time. And so and, and that, is, that is really tricky to, to navigate, um, you know, in, in, you know when, when things go awry in the park, for instance. Um, there's, there's a lot of, of, of overlap, really, between adoptive children and, and, and children with additional needs, um, which is, you know, it's not unique to adoptive parents. It's, you know, mm. every, every parent that's, that's, um, that's raising children with additional needs at home is, is, is facing some of the similar battles that we have. And you've got that scenario at the park, then, where that happens, but do you get it closer to home with, like, close friends? Yeah. Where they just don't know how much they're supposed to ask or not ask, or, like... For you, what's what's the ideal in yeah. that scenario? Would you rather people just ask the questions yeah. they have? Like, that's a good question. So, I mean, our, our close friends all know the journey, 
um, and we've been able to do a lot of education with them over the years, and, and they've, they've seen James grow up and they've seen Amy Lou grow up as well. Um, and they've, they've experienced up close and our, you know, our, our, our best friends really are the ones that have kind of embraced the children and have seen, seen the human behind the children, mm. seen the heart behind, the, behind our children, which is a precious, precious thing to, to, to be able to share with your friends. Mm. Um, for us, um, yeah, ask away, ask away questions really, um, because there's, there's nothing that's, there's nothing really that's off limits and if it is, off, off limits in a sense, then then we'll you know we'll, we'll we'll tell you that you know we can't. Something might be James's story, or it might be Amy Lou's story to tell, rather than our story to tell. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you ever have it when you're if perhaps you're making friends with new people, or you're having a couple over that you? Yeah. I'd always, if that were me in that scenario, I'd, I'd almost want to say, just can I check to the, what do the children know about their their history, okay. just to make sure I don't put my foot in it. Yeah. Like, have you ever had that where people have just wanted to know? check like what do the kids know just so we don't say anything wrong or anything yeah definitely so so anytime we we get to know a a, a new person friend neighbor whatever you know we're always out of the box we'll always say early doors you know we we got two children um we adopted them at these ages um and we'll give a little particularly if it's someone that we're going to be spending time with regularly we'll we'll give a little sort of heads up as to kind of what to expect yeah <laughs> these are some pratfalls um to look out for um in terms of the how much do they know and and we'll say to people you know they they know they're adopted you know from from day one all all the all the science and all the training nowadays is, is around tell the children early anyway because this whole right? this whole big moment when they're seven eight nine ten fifteen whenever by the way mummy and daddy have got something to tell you is really not helpful. Mm -hmm. Oh, so it's a part of the training is it's, be it's oh, yeah. best to tell them yeah, early. Yeah, absolutely. So, so how, how do you do that? I'm just wondering how you do that because uh, I mean, well, yeah, conversations I mean, we wouldn't be having. Yeah, you know, we never we never had a sit down with with James when he was five, four, three, or two. We've just yeah. always talked about this idea of, of of the language like when when you came home to live with us, not when you were born to us. Yeah. When we were waiting for you when you were in 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 um, we'll we'll call her Sarah when you were in Sarah's mummy uh, in Sarah's tummy. Um, and even now with Amy Lucia, she's just turned two. We, we use that same we use that same language with her. So it's there's not a there's not like a a, a crisis moment or there's not a, a big event in the drama about the moment where you unveil the truth. And as time goes by, you know, you, you tell a little. There are things that we we won't be telling James until he's much older about about his first yeah. eight months because mm. it's not helpful and not necessary and and not needed. And what level of um because often, say, we're talking about um, uh, something like sex and pornography. You, you do, rather than the talk now, the, the general understanding is you have lots of age-appropriate conversations as you go. Correct. And is it a similar, so it's a similar thing with you. But what's their comprehension like in those sort of early stages? Do they yeah. kind of just, okay? Yeah, pr pretty much matter-of-fact. So, yeah. um, you know, James is seven now. He's had, he's had friends of... Um, friends of ours who've had babies, friends of ours who've had children. He, um, one of his best friends, um, is adopted as well, and they talk about they talk about the fact that they're adopted. And you know, whenever whenever we've um, we're in a church family, and whenever someone you know one of the families at church has a new a new baby, um, we talk about the fact that so and so's got a new baby. 
Um, and he quite matter-of-factly talked about the fact that I, I, I wasn't in your tummy, was I, mummy? Who, whose tummy was I in again? And then that's a little opportunity for us again to tell a little bit more of his life story mm. and his backstory, mm. really affirming um, of, his, of his tummy mummy, if you like, um, of Sarah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's healthy. And he, yeah, he, he doesn't, so he, he does say, he's starting the last few month, weeks and months really to talk about being sad that he wasn't in, in Chantal's tummy. I'm sad that I wasn't in your tummy mummy. Oh, yeah. um, and we say, well, we would have loved to have had you in our tummy, but do you know something? We carried you in our hearts for mm. years, yeah, much, exactly. much longer than nine months. That's, that's lovely, isn't it? And the fact that he can express that mm -hmm. says so much yeah. for you and Chantal and what yeah. you've done with him over the years and will do with Amy mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. The fact that he's able to express that sadness mm -hmm. is really good, isn't it? That's yeah. a really helpful thing. Yeah. Because if he doesn't express it, it's there, Correct. it's not expressed. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, you know, my kids, 20 and 23, they love talking about, still, about when they were yeah. children. Yeah. They still ask questions about when they were yeah. babies. Yeah. And, and actually, if we close those questions mm -hmm. down, whatever mm -hmm. situation it is, Mm. it's not helpful mm. I guess it's 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 harder to have those conversations in your situation but it sounds mm. to me like you know you're doing a fantastic job of that really yeah it's a fantastic mm. job having yeah. it to the point where he can express that sadness yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering whether um, whether when the when the pressure's on as as parents uh, you know when things are sort of going wrong you're managing behavior or whatever are there any additional things that are coming into your mind then that perhaps you, you know, biological parents wouldn't have? Are you, are you trying to work out where's this behaviour coming from? Or, or, yeah. And where does that lead? Yeah. yeah. You, you do a lot of second guessing and third guessing and fourth guessing even in terms of um, how, how much of this is, 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 is the fruit of trauma, the result of trauma in, in James's life, in, in Amy Lou's life. Um, and, you know, the way that their brain is developed, not developed, and the choices they're able to make and not able to make. How much of this just, you're being a horrible child. <laughs> and, and so you've, you've, you're weighing this up because you respond differently depending on <laughs> which side of that line you come down yeah. on. Um, and, you know, sometimes James is just a horrible child. Sometimes Amy is just a horrible child. I know it's hard to believe. I can't believe that now, <laughs> not at all. I said to my daughter, literally in the last week, do you love daddy? She went, no. <laughs> um, That's a special moment, isn't it? <laughs> okay, darling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking you very cool. I will always love you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you, you do a lot of second guessing. Yeah. Um, and you do a lot of kind of um, predicting and anticipating where a certain situation, a certain social situation, something that he's experienced, weather, changes you know you're at someone's house and you know our oh, pants in 15 minutes we're going to have to go and going is is a change and it's a transition how are we going to manage this because this isn't going to end well um yeah mm. so thinking ahead yeah it's quite yeah. tiring and exhausting yeah. i'm not good at thinking ahead <laughs> see my fam my my parents fostered for for many years when i was mm. growing up and um only Probably last month, I think it was, it dawned on me to ask my, my mum about some of their stories. Mm. And I was, yeah, I was shocked at mm. the severity of all of their um, history. And then often the history of the, 
their parents. Mm -hmm. I couldn't quite believe it, and it never occurred to me to yeah. ask. But how, how tough is it for you to carry the emotional weight of what your kids have been through, mm -hmm. and then factoring that in in those moments to be like, yeah. like how do you deal with that in, on, on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, that's a really good point that you made you talk about. You talk about the children's story and you talk about their parents' story as well. These, the, so little of this happens in a vacuum. You know, there's a, there's a chain, there's a cycle. Mm. You can, you know, to say it, night follows day is a little bit stark, but, but you, can, you can see. So for both of our, our kids, we, we have, um, we've got files of varying thickness of, of their backstory, their life story, and that includes the story of their, their biological parents as well, their birth parents. And they're not pretty reading. They're not pretty reading. And you kind of think, you know, at, at what point in mum and or dad's life, if something different had happened in this life, would we be here now? Would we be looking at having to take a child into care and that sort of thing? It is huge. Um, and yeah, having to deal with the, the repercussions of, of that on a daily basis, it's, yeah, it's exhausting. It is it's amazing that you're able joy to... filling and, and life giving. Yeah, the fact that you were able to step exists. in on that yeah. that journey and suddenly be a, a roadblock mm. to that pattern mm. is incredible. Like, yeah. That's why I think it's so it's amazing. Exactly what yeah. we what we think about ourselves almost word for word. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, we're drawing to a close. So, Ollie, just one last question for you. What would you like to leave to your kids? What would you like to pass on to mm. James and Amy? It might be an object, might be a belief, might be a hobby or a passion. Yeah. What is it you'd like to pass on to them? Wow, so many things. Um, I could have brought with me a Manchester City shirt. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> Manchester is blue. <laughs> uh, uh, eight, ten years it has been, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, boys. <laughs> Play nicely. Uh, I could have brought with me my guitar, yeah. um, but I would travel down on the train, so that would have been fairly um, cumbersome. Because for <laughs> me, being able to get out my guitar if I'm feeling down, if I'm feeling blue, if I'm feeling stressed, I get my guitar out and I start to play songs, I start to noodle around on the fretboard and, um, and I wouldn't say the cares of the world dissipate, but just, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a healing and a therapy, I guess, if, mm. you, if you want to put a language around it. Um, I could have brought walking boots because I take my boy up on the hills and he loves that. Um, but probably more than anything else, I've, I've brought this with me, which is, which is a book, but it's, it's, um, it's actually the Bible, because for me, this is, this is the foundation of my life. Um, it tells a story of, of humanity, it tells a story of God, um, and it tells us how to live well in the world. And fundamentally, I want my kids to be able to live well in the world, to be kind, to be patient, to have hearts of love, um, and so far, <laughs> it seems like they do. So we must be epic parents. Yeah. <laughs> That's an opportunity for you now to come in. And well, absolutely. I'm sorry you didn't bring that. I'm sorry you didn't bring your guitar. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> if we ever do Dad Cave the musical, <laughs> we'll be calling Tremendous. you. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I am going to come in on that point, Ollie, because all those years ago when we met for that breakfast and you had all those fears and worries yeah. about becoming a father. Well, you had nothing to worry about because <laughs> I know you are a great dad. That's what you said. You're a great what dad. what you said. So and thank, uh, you. thank you for joining us in the My dad cave today. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure, hasn't it, Steve? I've loved it. It's been yeah. fun. Really Come good. In. Thank you, boys. 
So that was another episode of the Dad Cave. Thanks for listening and watching. We hope you can join us next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>